Hello and welcome everyone to episode 106 of the AppDVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between March 27th and April 1st, 2023, which will be about battery and powertrain of Aptera and the future of three-wheeled vehicles. Hello, everyone. I hope that you all had a great week. The main story this week is about Aptera's battery pack and powertrain. In the latest video clip shared from the larger investor presentation that's available to Accelerator program members, Aptera put out a video focusing on their structural battery pack and the vehicle powertrain. Gustavo Gonzalez, the lead engineer of the, the battery team, kicked off the video where co-CEOs Chris and Steve, along with Akosh, spoke about the vehicle. And take a listen to this clip from Chris, where he introduces the conversation. Uh, Gustavo has been leading our <clears throat> amazing structural battery pack team, uh, making you know one of the industry's uh, most energy-dense battery packs. Uh, it's been great to see the evolution over the last year, uh, working with Sandy's team, um, analyzing other people's um, you know battery packs that are in production, uh, and taking you know, all the good um, and adding in some of our um, <laughs> proprietary technologies to really make this a, a super energy-dense pack uh, that really works well for our 42-kilowatt launch edition uh, vehicles. There's a few things that are covered here in that intro. First is the mention of the 42 kilowatt hour battery pack being one of the most dense battery packs in the industry, which is the result of working with Sandy Monroe, reviewing what's in the industry and adding Aptera's own proprietary technology. I've learned about, or I first learned about Sandy Monroe from his battery pack teardown videos, which were really informative for my understanding of what is going on in the industry overall, what's good and what he believes is bad. He'd buy essentially a new electric vehicle and he'd list out whatever specs were published about it, what it was supposed to do, and then he disassembled the entire pack, breaking it down into all of its components to completely look at the battery cells, the anode materials, everything, you know, even that that vocabulary, those descriptions I've using, I've learned from Sandy Monroe's teardown videos. And so Sandy and his team, they've spent a lot of time looking at battery packs from both the the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers, and newer companies like Tesla. And, and so when Chris says that Aptera has built upon the experience that Sandy has in building this, this battery pack, that's really encouraging to me. It, it's not just coming from a sort of amateurist of, of just, oh, you know, we know a battery pack needs to go. And it's going from this is exactly, this is the sort of best in practice and and the Naptera is trying to emulate and improve upon that for their vehicle. The next clip is from Steve Fambro, where he provides some more detail on the battery itself. Some of the different layers that you're looking at are the cooling plates on the individual modules. So a lot of the speculation in the forums uh, and online chatter have been, is, is the battery air-cooled or not? No, the battery is liquid. It's liquid-cooled, liquid-heated. So the thermal management of the battery is liquid. Um, whether it's heated or cooled depends on the environment, but it is a liquid-cooled battery. In my mind, I think the confusion and the speculation about liquid versus air-cooling comes from some earlier discussions about air cooling on the belly pan of the vehicle that was originally, I believe, planned to be integrated into the vehicle, some way that that was supposed to help with the cooling. 
And Steve provides some clarity here explaining that the battery pack will have its own thermal management system that uses liquid either to heat or cool the battery pack as needed. The next clip shifts the conversation to the powertrain and Chris and Steve explain a little about the gift that keeps on giving, which is the efficient design of the vehicle. Uh, Carl's been doing an amazing job leading our powertrain team, uh, working with the LaFay to co-develop uh, more energy efficient, lighter weight, um, less part count um, uh, propulsion device. And this really is the, the most efficient powertrain you can put on a vehicle now. Yeah, if you look at the, it might be difficult to see the power curve, uh, but the, the standard motor that LaFay had developed uh, was very efficient in a regime that was not our regime. So it was very efficient under a certain, under a higher load. Uh, that you'd need for a heavy vehicle. Well, with the Aptera being so lightweight and also not having having virtually no drag resistance at speed, it was in a different load regime compared to what they designed for. So we had to shift the design of the motor, change the windings, change the arrangement of the ba of the magnets uh, to shift that sort of efficiency mode from where it was to where Aptera will dwell at high high speeds, and uh, that improved the efficiency tremendously. In conversations about Aptera you often hear the phrase, the most used a lot. And in this instance, Aptera has taken something that electric vehicles already excel at, which is the efficiency of the powertrain, and then they've made it the most efficient powertrain ever. So once again, this phrase comes back into the conversation. It's also interesting to me that Alafe's hub motors had to be adapted even further to the extreme low energy usage of Aptera's lightweight vehicle. The end result is, fewer parts, meaning, again, fewer potential failure points, and a more efficient design. The last part of this conversation that I'm going to share here is about the inverter that they've designed for the vehicle. So take a listen. We also co-developed a silicon carbide inverter uh, with a partner um, uh, just north of us, uh, and it's great to have an inverter that's you know 97% efficient versus kind of the industry 92% efficient. Uh, you can take that extra efficiency, that 5% extra efficiency, and take that right out of the battery pack because you're not losing those electrons as they're going through the inverter to the motor. Um, you don't have to have the battery power to, to push those electrons. So the money we save on battery, <laughs> we can spend on a more sophisticated inverter. Chris's explanation of the 97% efficient inverter, inverter that's ahead of the 92% efficient inverter that's the standard in the industry is a great example of how small changes add up in two meaningful ways. For other EVs, they require these huge battery packs in order to get longer ranges, which then creates a sort of vicious cycle of increased weight in the battery pack that then requires more power and more cells to move the vehicle that longer range. In contrast, Aptera has worked hard to reduce the parts and the weight of the vehicle so that they require a smaller pack and they developed an inverter that essentially gives them an extra 5% of that existing battery pack that they're gonna to have to use that they can use in meaningful ways for the vehicle. You know, one of the things that I've learned as I've started to follow the electric vehicle industry is that there's just a significant amount of the battery pack, again, the most ex expensive part of an electric vehicle that just remains unused for the vehicle's range and that's in part because of the overall efficiency and what you have to use it. You can't just, it's not like your phone where, you know, where, in fact, this may not be true of your phone. It's not like where you just have, I don't know, X percentage or a 60 kilowatt battery and you can use that full 60 kilowatt hour battery. You, you actually need, if you have a 60 kilowatt hour battery, 
you a lot of these OEMs are using a lot less for that, which is how you there's these huge range and differences in the battery pack sizes in the same range. A lot of that that's kind of a you can think of it as shorthand for the overall efficiency of the of the overall electric vehicle itself. It's part of the reason why the more vertically integrated companies they have a lot more range than some of the OEMs because they're working they know exactly all the different specifications that they can work towards and uh, i guess this this whole oh this is just taking this back to the inverter it's it's just a, another example of of the way in which you can get these increased gains and aptera has worked hard to find these little efficiencies that that allow them to outform um, the the industry you know aptera they could have opt, opted for a less expensive inverter maybe something that they would have found off the shelf but then they would have lost that that efficiency you know if you're looking at 92 percent versus 97 they would have then needed a slightly larger battery pack to get the exact same range that their vehicle has now it's you know one of the reasons why you'll see doubts about the numbers that that aptera is speaking about you know with their their tiny i think 22 or 23 kilowatt hour battery pack for 250 miles of range 42 kilowatt hours for 400 miles of range how does that make sense well it makes sense because they're looking at things they they've they look at things at such a level of detail and they find these these efficiencies the entire video itself although i've spoken about it for longer because i found it so interesting it's only about three and a half minutes long and i highly recommend that you check it out The last story of the week is spurred on by an announcement that I saw by the electric vehicle startup Electromechanica, which was the manufacturer of the Solo, a small three-wheeled electric vehicle, and they've announced that they are halting production of their three-wheeler. In that announcement, they said this, we do not believe a three-wheeled auto cycle can capture the opportunities of a four-wheeled vehicle, given the challenges ranging from its exclusion from government rebates to the difficulty for consumers of insuring, financing, and servicing a three-wheeled vehicle, to the consistent customer request for more functionality. When I first learned about Aptera, there were a couple of other companies that were working on solar electric vehicles, Sono Motors and Lightyear, which I've spoken about a lot. And then there was another group of companies that were working on three-wheeled electric vehicles. Electromechanica was one, Arkhamoto was another, and Nobe is a third. And while I haven't heard much about Nobe recently, essentially all of those other companies that I've just mentioned have experienced significant issues. And Electromechanica becomes the second three-wheeler to halt production after Arkhamoto, I think, maybe made the same announcement in either January of this year or perhaps it was in December. Significantly, the fact that they, I have to say this, the fact that they've actually managed to deliver some of those vehicles to customers along with Arkhamoto, it, it actually distinguishes the company from most of their electric vehicle startups. And so even though they're halting production, I, you do have to kind of tip their, your cap to them for managing to actually manufacture and deliver some vehicles to, comp to customers. But I wanted to talk about Electromechanica for a, a couple of reasons. The first a lot of people often compare Aptera to all three-wheeled vehicles, regardless of the accuracy of that comparison. And, and the second reason I want to talk about them is because their announcement contained a lot of the criticisms that you will see of Aptera. Essentially, 
the statement implies that three-wheeled vehicles are fundamentally disadvantaged. Aptera, you know, they, they want to make smaller, nimbler electric vehicles that are affordable, eye-catching, and have personalized features and functionality. And if you go into the comment section of any article about Aptera, pretty much, you will see sentiments similar to that announcement explaining why they're they're getting out of the game. Essentially, no one will buy a three-wheeler. Why would Aptera make this? And when you compare Electromechanica solo with Aptera, you know, I, I've come to some different conclusions as to why they've needed to halt production, why they haven't been able to get the demand that they hope to see. And I'm going to walk through those those challenges that they listed, you know, starting with, you know, the inability to get government rebates, then going on to insuring, financing, servicing, and the request for more functionality. The first one, starting with the, the lack of the ability to get the government rebates, this is the one that actually most applies to Aptera, and it will be an ongoing thing to monitor in different markets around the world. When there is a new law that was going to change and revise how the electric vehicle incentives work in the United States, three-wheeled vehicles, unfortunately, were not included in that. So the electric vehicle mandate is not going to allow uh, reservation holders and owners of Aptera to get a discount on what will be the least expensive uh, electric vehicle with a meaningful amount of range on the market, but they're not going to be able to take advantage of those incentives. I do think that perhaps a, you know, this isn't a direct customer incentive, but the fact that they were eligible to receive that grant from the California Energy Commission, it does indicate that there is a a broader a more expansive eye towards supporting three-wheeled vehicles than there was previously. But you, you know, a lot of ways that that sort of that's what sunk the Aptera in the original iteration. And they've worked hard to make a product that they, they believe can stand on its own feet without requiring those sort of government subsidies. So while that is an issue and that will present some disadvantages, that's not an ultimate barrier to success. And and that, that doesn't necessarily entirely account for the issues with demand. Going to the next one, insuring the vehicle. Now, I just want to list off some specs for the Solo. It weighs around 1,700 pounds or 770 kilograms. It's only 122 inches long, which is about three meters, and 61 inches wide, which is about one and a half meters. It's a tiny one-passenger vehicle with 100 miles of range, and it's it, it appears to be positioned as the ultimate commuter vehicle. And I don't know what specific challenges you did. I don't own a Solo. I did not insure one. I didn't purchase one. And so I, I cannot speak from experience to what challenges Solo owners faced when they were attempting to insure the vehicle. But I was a bit confused because I, I would imagine that the, the Solo is about as safe as a motorcycle. That, that is to say that it's, it's not very safe, but you can insure motorcycles. And it's, it basically, to me, looks like the Polaris Slingshot, which if you've never seen it before, it's a three-wheeled vehicle. You, you often see them in sunny locations because it's, it's an open design. There's no roof. But the, the Solo looks like a Slingshot with a roof, just a bit smaller. And if you can insure a Polaris slingshot, I'm not sure why the Polaris or why the Solo, the electromechanical Solo was not. It's possible that the the actual issue here is that Solo owners expected for insurance to work on on their vehicle like a regular car and that those policy options were not available. 
um, and that's what electromechanica is is referring to. Um, and it, it, it is also true that until insurers gain familiarity with three-wheeled vehicles and like Aptera, I am also expecting there will be some initial challenges in this area and there will be some, some education that is required on the part of owners. But again, if you can insure a motorcycle, which is what an auto cycle is classified as, which is what the Aptera is, and you can insure a, a slingshot, I, I believe that you ought to be able to obtain coverage for an Aptera. So that's something to monitor, but it does appear that there are solutions in place, at least in the United States. Um, moving on to the challenges of financing the vehicle. This is another head scratcher to me because the price of the, the Solo was only $15,000. You're not taking out a mortgage to finance one of these vehicles. Um, you know, these are, it, it's not this massive loan. If if lenders are, 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 are financing motorcycles, then I'm not sure what the, the issue was here. You know, same with the, the slingshot. There are likely financing options for a slingshot. There ought to be one for the solo. Possibly they lenders were charging a bit more for loans, but you still should be able to find it. You should have been able to finance a solo and you should be able to finance an Aptera. Perhaps what this was referring to is that Electromechanical was attempting to find partners that they could offer their their financing through their company but you know maybe this is a, a volume issue where they are trying to find lenders that they could they could say like all right you're purchasing your vehicle you know this is this is who we're recommending as a partner go with them but they didn't really have a large volume i i think i saw for there's actually you know separate to this although one of the challenges likely they were facing a recall and I saw the recall was for 800 vehicles. So assuming you're talking about less than a thousand vehicles, maybe that's what really explains the issue with financing it. You know, if they're trying, they couldn't find partners to offer loans for an unknown volume that wasn't very large for the vehicle. And there were no lenders who, who are willing to commit to that. And so that's really the issue there. I'm speculating though, but I, I'm just not seeing what is so fundamentally different about financing a motorcycle and financing an Aptera that 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 Aptera owners could expect to face. Moving on is the servicing issue, which is something that Aptera has spoken about from the start, and I could see, yes, that is a significant issue, but that's it's also important to state that's that's an issue for for all electric vehicle startups that goes from Tesla to to OEMs they have I've seen numerous stories and heard numerous reports anecdotally of issues servicing those vehicles that is not a three-wheeled vehicle issue building the service network that is required to fix these vehicles that's difficult and I can imagine that that problem is compounded when you're a startup and you know that's why I was happy to hear about Aptera's plan of rolling out their deliveries to people who live near the factory so that they can iron out challenges of servicing. They've really put this nicely, but there is stuff that is going to go wrong with that first batch with a with a number of Aptera vehicles and they're going to need to figure out how quickly they can do, you know, they say that they're going to ship parts to people anywhere in the world within a few days. They need to figure out if they can really do that. If they do not do that, they will have problems, but but that would apply whether or not they had three wheels or four wheels. There will be problems servicing, excuse me, if you don't build out 
the supply chain for the service network, there's going to be problems servicing the vehicles. If you expect someone to drive into any mechanic with an exotic looking vehicle and no instructions and, and little materials, yeah, you'll, you will have problems. But Aptera is taking a different approach with their right to repair. Their goal is that any mechanic will be able to fix it, the vehicle. And right now, you know, I, I think that's a, a huge distinguishing factor in, in what I've been able to learn about the Electromechanica Solo. And the last issue is the overall functionality of the vehicle. I sort of alluded to this when I gave the overall size specs of the vehicle. And, but that, that has nothing, that the functionality of a vehicle has nothing to do whether or not it has three wheels, four wheels, or five wheels. That has everything to do what Electromechanica is talking about with the Solo being a single passenger vehicle with very little cargo space. One of the most common misconceptions that you will constantly hear about Aptera is that people will see those three wheels and they immediately assume that it's maybe the size of a smart car. They assume that it's very tiny when it's in actuality, it's as long as a Prius and it has enough cargo space to fit a surfboard. We've seen Aptera's put out those videos showing how much stuff you can fit in that, that hatchback design. The Solo, it's really good for one thing, transporting a person from point A to point B along with a small piece of luggage. And Aptera, on the other hand, can fit two passengers and carry enough equipment to essentially operate as a utility vehicle. Both of those vehicles, they have three wheels, but one of them is is basically as, as practical as a as a very expensive scooter, and the other one you could you could run a business out of. The bottom line is that I don't think that the decision to make the Solo a three-wheeled vehicle is, is ultimately what sunk the company. I think that the issue was that at that price point of $15,000, which actually came down, I think it was initially around $18,000, and it's half of what other electric vehicles cost. And so on the surface, that seems relatively inexpensive, but it obscures the flaw that the Solo is, is not an adequate replacement for a car. It's really a replacement for a scooter or an electric bike. And so you're not comparing $15,000 to a Tesla, you're comparing $15,000 to to a scooter, which you can get for less than $2,000. Um, and if you have a scooter or motorcycle and you, you spend a lot of money on a really good raincoat and some rain gear, you essentially have the exact same functionality of a Solo with marginally less safety. I, I say less safety because there was an announcement I, I found on Electromechanica's website that they did some side impact crash testing in Canada at least. And so you know, there is some crash test testing and, and so you're not you're not as in danger in Electromechanica the solo as you would be on a motorcycle, but it's you're looking at this price range and, and what it can do, that's a lot of money for something that, that cannot do do a lot overall. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're interested in in a hyper mobility vehicle, there are options out there at far less than what what the Solo was offering. Additionally, I think it's important that critics should distinguish between something like the Solo or Arkimoto, which made three wheeled vehicles again that they managed to deliver to customers, which is a significant achievement. Um, but they should make a distinction between three wheeled vehicles that are that have three wheels as part of a maybe a space-saving measure or because they're trying to stand out and try to make something eye-catching 
with Aptera, which chose three wheels for their vehicle due to an engineering decision. You know, it's it's the same story essentially of the solar integration with Aptera. You know, Aptera doesn't do things just because they think it, it looks good. It, it does things because essentially because the math dictates that they should do a certain thing or the costs dictate that they should do a certain thing. You know, it looks like that because of aerodynamics. You know, the, the market for the Aptera is everyone who values function over conventional norms. Whereas the market for solo is people that want something that, that looks cool. And $15,000 or $18,000 previously, that's a lot of money for something that that looks different, but not necessarily cool in a way that, you know, if you if you want to spend that same amount of money on, an, on a motorcycle, you're getting something that has way, way greater uh, performance features. It, it's something that's way faster. It's and and something that you know that there's an entire market around around motorcycles around the overall aesthetics of the vehicle. Solo wasn't able to to offer that. But for the Aptera, it's pretty easy to explain that three wheels will get you lower rolling resistance, and ultimately those decisions are how you get a vehicle with up to 1,000 miles of range at a cost of $46,000 for the top range vehicle, but only $30,000 or less than $30,000 for 400 miles of range with 40, 40 miles of free charging a day. You know, the three wheels and the Solo make it easy to park. You're not making an apples to apples comparison here when you're saying, oh, look at this three wheeled vehicle company. It didn't make it. And how is it that there's going to be a market for Aptera? The, the market is, is in the, the function for the Aptera. And it will live and die based off of how many people out there go, oh, yeah, this is going to be the least cost um, or the lowest cost of ownership for a vehicle ever. Um, I get it. It's also, you know, going to be safe because of the composite materials, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't need to go all in that there. But those are important distinctions to keep in mind when you're looking at future three-wheeled vehicle companies that will eventually come out and people are going to make the same sort of comparisons, you know, is are there practical reasons to this or are we just doing something because we think it looks different? Um, you know, if you're if you're just doing something that because it looks different, that's potentially a a a not the best use of resources, you know, that and I think that's what Electromechanica essentially that's what they discovered is that they couldn't sell people on a very expensive commuter car. And if that vehicle had four wheels, they would have found the exact same thing. Um, I hope that they're able to transition into something, something stable and they're, they're, they are able to, to continue making something, these nimble electric vehicles. I do think that there is a real market for those vehicles, especially, um, I don't necessarily see that in the United States. Um, people do drive a bit more and we have essential tanks drive around on, on the road. And I was just looking it up the the Hummer EV weighs nine thousand pounds, which is which is ridiculous. Um, that does seem a little ridiculous to be going around in in ultra tiny vehicles. But in in other countries with more narrow roads, I think there's a real market for this, and so I hope that eventually they're able to to figure something out.
And that concludes episode 106 of the AppDVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. Apt EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. 